Welcome to the Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hylia Park where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to the Jockey Club. Welcome back to the Jockey Club. This episode, we're discussing the second scene of Let It Ride, which, if you're playing along at home, this is where Trotter meets Looney, and here is the tape that sets everything in motion. It's from minute 414 to minute 752. Joining me at my usual table for the second time in a row is Eric Delgado, a longtime gambler, the person I saw Let It Ride with, and yes, he is my brother. We'll also be discussing the other movies released the same weekend as Let It Ride and how Eric fell into becoming a gambler himself. So here we're the second scene. All right. Let It Ride. And this is immediately following where we were at the Chinese restaurant. And, you know, Eric, I do want to point out that we are recording this one after we've already discussed the third scene and I've already done yes. I've already done up to scene seven, but I had not done this Spoiler. one. Spoiler. Yeah, I had not done this one, so I'm kind of getting back to it. And I only say that because maybe some things that you and I have already discussed will come up again. And now if you're listening to this in order, you know. You know. Yeah, we have continuity problems. Exactly. We want to keep everything uh, continuity fresh. We'll do the best we can. All right, so here we delve into this scene is the only evidence, I think, that this movie is in Miami, right? Mm. Right? It could, okay. It could be anywhere else, but this scene yeah. is the only time you see the city. So here is where you see the overhead shots of Miami. You see some of the buildings, you see the dirty streets that Looney is driving the cab in. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not pretty, Miami. They're not out to try to sell you to come and visit, right? Right. It, it looks kind of like the Miami on, like, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Vice you know, City? Like when, yeah. Yeah, like Vice City. Right. Like, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, get, don't stall or get a flat there. Right. Yes, yes. And so here's where we first see Looney. He's driving the cab. And while he's driving the cab in the back, there's the couple that's making out. You see the little sign that says that the driver cannot hear driver you. Driver cannot hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awful. It is. It is. Because then we immediately now see that Looney is wearing headphones that goes Ugh. to a tape recorder. And he obviously has a microphone back there. And he is listening to everything that's going on. And, and he yes. is, he's, has a big grin on his face as he hears the two people getting hot and heavy back there. Oh, it's like the Cheshire cat kind of grin. It's a, it's a disgusting grin. Yes, yes. It, it's like porn guy kind of grin. Yeah, it, it kind of really informs you a lot about Looney yes. right away, right? Yes, he's so unseemly. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I don't, I, this is not somebody that I would want to hang around with. No, I remember this. I remember immediately thinking he was disgusting. <laughs> It's just absolutely disgusting. But the, <laughs> the smile does is what does it too, because there's no opinion before that. He's 
obviously doing it, but who knows what his motives are. But then when you see that he's kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can tell that this is just what I do for kicks. This is just fun. Yes. Right? There's right. no ulterior motive. There's no thought no. beyond I'm going to listen to this later and enjoy <laughs> myself. Right? Right. And yes. it, it does make me wonder how often nutty things are happening in the back of his cab that he says, oh, you know what would be a great idea? If I recorded right. some of this. Yeah, I have to now, yeah. right? Because this is better than TV. Exactly, yeah. All and of a sudden, this that? is way more entertaining. Yeah. So after we see this, we're now going to be at the location that I wish I could find. It's the place called yeah. the Mirtha Cafeteria. I don't know where mm. this is. It's some, I don't know, restaurant, some stand with a ventanita, you know. A, the, the, a, it's like the, I got you right, the little outdoor you know, whatever they're getting there. I don't even know what they're getting. I'm going to guess they're getting a Cuban sandwich at this place. Like, okay, I, okay. Right? Something along those yeah. lines is what's happening yeah. there. And so Trotter is meeting up with Looney. Looney is very excited because he wants to play him the tape of right. what he just recorded. Yes. <laughs> and he has one of my favorite lines here is where he says, I want you to hear this kinky business. There was nothing. I want you to hear this kinky business. Yes, that I was gonna. Right, he's got two lines. One is the juicy smut. Oh, yeah. And and then kinky business. Right, he follows it up with kinky, but like juicy smut wasn't enough. He was like, I'm trying to draw you in. You got to listen to this juicy smut. And then Trotter's not interested in that. No, because he hears the other conversation, and then he's like, No, no, never mind that. You got to hear this kinky business. <laughs> The guy puts a pillowcase over this girl's head. <laughs> yeah, there, there is something about the kind of guy who is wanting to share the weird exactly. porn that he just recorded in the back and of the car. And this isn't, right, this isn't like mainstream porn. He's talking, what is the pillowcase situation? As soon as he says that, I'm really disgusted. <laughs> I'm like afraid of what, what's going on. Yeah, what what? Are they, why are they doing that to her? Shouldn't you be kicking these people out of your cab? Right, right. He's like getting better sound when that's happening instead. <laughs> so, yes, exactly what you say, though. He goes to play him the tape. Trotter is not. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. He starts and he plays the wrong part of the tape. And this is where, yes. this is where we hear the much more interesting conversation of the, you know, the horse owning conspirators mm -hmm. mentioning that they held the horse back. Right. And don't wait. That would be illegal. No, I'm not telling you that. All I'm telling you is bet the horse heavy. You'll, you'll laugh, laugh all the way to the all bank. the way to the bank. Yeah. Such such wonderfully dramatic terms that these people speak in. Oh, my gosh. I will tell you at that moment. Yeah. That's a big moment in the movie for me. Oh, because as you know, I'm becoming Somebody who, you know, who allegedly knows what they're doing down at the track. Mm -hmm. And yes. so to, to even consider what just is happening in the back, in the backseat of that cab, I'm just as excited as Jay Trotter in the moment. Because, yeah. wait a minute, you're telling me <laughs> you've, got, you've got the winner? That's fantastic. You know, like, I can't believe it myself. So I'm immediately drawn in. Because I don't think that... We know exactly what's going to happen in this story. I, I, I guess we've seen the trailer. All right. So when it comes to this movie, all I knew is that it was kind of about horse racing. I didn't know anything right. else about this right. at all. I remember. I know. I remember You're a poor baby. I remember seeing ads on TV, and I mm -hmm. think I, maybe we, I had seen the trailer with something else. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really I didn't pay that much attention to it. So right. Right. I, I had no I idea. Can, 
Yeah, I don't think I, I knew much either, other than that was the one this week. Yeah. You know, uh, I, yeah. And it might have been, I might have had some insight because I did argue, I did lobby for this one. You did? Instead of, okay. yeah, versus, um, this is when we were, <laughs> you were lobbying for, is this Casualties of War? Oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, like if, yeah. if you want, I, I, can, I can explain this story very well. well. Yeah, maybe, you sh- yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, so here's how I ended up seeing Let It Ride which I had a movie I had no intention of ever seeing. And <laughs> I was lucky bastard. Me and 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 you, Eric. Mm-hmm. We were both very excited about the Vietnam film Casualties of War that was coming out <laughs> that weekend. Which I don't right? know why I would be excited about that movie if I think Michael about J. it. Michael J. Fox. Yes. Sean Penn. Yes. I Brian mean, De Palma. Yes, all of yep, those yep. things. Those things are yep. all true. I was familiar yep. with all of those people and so yep. yes. But still, Vietnam movie does not exactly sound like a good time. And, yeah, yeah. And somewhere along the way, I think you got hipped up that as far as Vietnam movies go, this one is way less fun than oh, yeah. anything else that you've already experienced, right? Like I, knew the, I knew the general story of this one. And so you really try to talk me out of it. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's not see this. I don't know that. And I think you kind of put it on me a little like, I don't know. That you can handle this. Because I remember it, it felt very... Without a doubt. Very, yeah. like... <gasps> I don't, now, now yeah. mind you, people may not realize this. I'm about... I'm uh, 14. Not quite 15. 14. Not quite 15. Right. But I felt yep. very insulted. And so we had this <laughs> loud debate. Yes. You eventually brought in our father. Yes. And then you went ahead and said, this is what's going on. He wants to uh-huh. see this. It's this disturbing Vietnam film. It's got a bunch of rapes. It's <laughs> nothing that that this young boy should be seeing. Blah blah blah. And dad yeah. and dad said, "You can't see that movie." That's what wow. he told me. Dad dropped. He dropped the hammer. He dropped the hammer, and then that was it. And so, then I was like, "Whatever." Yeah. So we were still going to the movies, but I was like, I didn't care what we were going to see. Now, interesting, right. though, because this weekend also has the very exciting Rude Awakening is out. Do you remember this movie? Oh, is this like the che- Cheech and Chong or something? It's just Cheech. It's it- Cheech? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's better or worse. No, okay. no, that movie is this, that movie stinks. Uh, no, I mean better or worse with, without Ch- uh, Chong. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, not a good movie. Is it like Julie Haggerty or something? Yes. Why do I know that? Yeah, That's ridiculous. I've it, never seen it. Yeah, I believe it's, it's Eric Roberts and Cheech Ugh. and then Julie Haggerty and Robert Carradine. And, oh, really? And they were like, <laughs> you know, hippies. And, yeah. And they never got out of the commune or something. And they're just coming out now. And they go oh, and that's they, the... St- okay. And then they go looking for Julie Haggerty and she's Oh, so they're expecting it to... Right. They think it's going to still be the late 60s or something like that. Right. This. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like... I, I. The premise sounds sort of... Funny. Uh, it sounds sort of amusing, yeah. Not it, with those people, though. It's it's just not a good movie. Oh wow! So you've seen it? Oh yeah, I saw it. Sure. Good yeah. man. Good man. Yeah, Me no. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Uh, un- yeah. But also, Uncle Buck had just opened as well. Wow. And so that I'm a little surprised you didn't go in that direction. Right. Because this wow, would be an what? this could be an entirely different podcast if you had. Without a doubt. I mean, that might be our next one. Now that you say that. <laughs> okay. I guess for me. Yeah. It, because I'll just tell you, I came late to the Uncle Buck party. Oh, yeah. I, and I didn't see it until I saw it in school uh, a year later. when they. Okay, yeah. It was like movie I'm, day. I they put it in. It's like, oh, it's actually I pretty been, good. 
I think I was later than that. Um, I, I can't remember exactly. I was like blown away how good it was. But I think at the time it was like, oh, here we go with the little kid movies. So I'm too cool for that. So that's probably why I just, I knew what that was and had just moved on. I want the, yeah, I want the like degenerate gambler movie. Let's go. <laughs> it's interesting about dad. I just was thinking that who knew that he would, you know, with him, everything's a crapshoot. So me presenting that information to him and then him lining up with me, yeah. like exactly, that's a bit of a surprise. You know, like I don't remember what I told him exactly, but obviously. I don't either. And you know now. All right. So now wait. Give your opinion about whether or not that was the right, <laughs> the right decision about that. Oh, I got yeah. It was very much the right call. It was very much the okay. right call. So okay, there's there's right. no doubt. It was it was the right call for a lot of reasons, right? Right. So right. because not, of what we did anyway. Right. Exactly. Because first of all, yeah. we ended up seeing this movie, which right. we're still talking about yes. over thirty years later. Right. I mean, eventually, I did see Casualties of War. Not a yeah. fun time. It's very unpleasant movie. I'm sure I could have survived it, but yeah, I could have done without seeing it. I suppose. Do you yeah. do you do you want to enjoy it again? I probably will never watch that movie again. There you go. I will okay. probably never sit through that again. Yeah. Is that one for your daughter? Oh no. Oh, it's like a never. Oh yeah, no, I don't think I would watch okay. that again. Like all it's, right. it's the kind. Well, I'll, I'll, all right. So I would. Let me put one little caveat. Mm-hmm. If, if my daughter was like, yeah. I want to watch this, watch this with me, please, because I need oh some, my. I need <sighs> someone to to get through it. That's the one case. That's the one time. I'm gonna cry right now. Right? Seriously. Yeah. That's so messed up. Yeah. yeah. That's there it you really, go. That's the only way. Otherwise, forget it, it. it. No thanks. It's a pass. Man, this is not what this podcast is about. But no, man. it's not. Anyway, all right. all right. So, back to the fun. So, also out that week was the Keith Coogan Disney film, Cheetah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. What's, I don't do even... Uh, do you even nope. know this movie that exists? Nope. Right. Nope. What is this? Okay, so it takes place in, I believe it takes place in Africa, and it's about a cheetah, and it has Keith Coogan, and it was made by the Disney Corporation. I've given you all the information wow. that I know about this movie. <sighs> Man. So that was not the big box office winner, I'm guessing. Uh, no, as it turns out, it was not. Did it win the weekend? No, no, that, uh, okay, I know this. It finished in 10th place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it, it wasn't even consideration. Uh, no. And that's a, so Rude Awakening beats Cheetah, is what you're saying? No, I, I, well, that's a good question. I think Let It Ride and Rude Awakening both finish outside of the top 10. I know that sucks. That week, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. You know what? In fact, I'll tell you what. I will even share. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. So, Root Awakening uh, does worse than Let It Ride. It finishes 14th. Let It Ride (laughs) finishes. Let It Ride finishes 12th. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. So this for fun. Number 11 that week was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It, it had already been out for nine weeks. Oh, I was like, okay, yeah, nine weeks, and it's yeah, it's no. still eleven. That movie was a that was an earner. Uh, let's see. There's Cheetah. That was number ten. Number seven was Batman. Number eight was Nightmare on Elm Street five. Number seven was Turner and Hooch. Number f- wow. Number six was Lethal Weapon two. Seven weeks Damn. in. Damn. Number five oh, wow. was When Harry Met Sally. Six weeks. Oh wow. Number four. This is a star-studded list. Go ahead. Oh well, you know. Let me tell you, Summer 89 kills. 
Dinosaur right? kills. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Number four, Casualties of War. Number three, The Abyss. And number two, Parenthood. And number one, Uncle Buck. Wow. So Uncle Buck debuts at number one. Debuts at number one. Yep. Nice. I didn't know that. That's great. Oh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, you that- know, I, I forgot. This, we have a late entry into the game here. Yeah. In about half as many theaters as the other movies, Eddie, yeah. and, the, Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. Ugh, Eddie Lives. <laughs> Nin- that's that's such a like horror movie title. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, it finishes in 19th place. Ooh, The Return of Eddie. Yes. Is it even, it is Michael uh, Pere, right? Yeah, it's Michael Pere. Wouldn't surprise me if it was more like uh, Dale Midkoff, <laughs> Midkiff, whoever the hell, Michael Antkeen. <laughs> Pick your Michael. Whoever you got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice, nice work. All right, that's so you, a, that's, it really is a star-studded list. It is. That's, it is. That's a massive list. Yeah, and it, it also kind of points to, like, why are we releasing this movie at this time? It feels like, and mm. I hadn't thought about it until recently, but it kind of feels like that end of summer, just dump a movie out there, like... We don't really oh, believe probably. in this. They, it yeah. had been moved up a month. It was supposed to come out sometime, I believe, at the end of September is the original okay. release date. And so then, I don't know. I think they just decided. Hey, that's when uh, Stakeout comes out. Like uh, the year before or the two years before? Two years before, yeah, 87. Stakeout. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, that, and you know, that one was, uh, what, like seven weeks at number one. Re- seven? Yeah, did you know that? I knew it was a lot. I did not know yep. it was something like seven. A lot. It's not consecutive. It's like five consecutive oh. and then two more. Oh, nice. Yeah, then 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 something else beats it. Fine. But it's like the most paltry sum of a seven-week run maybe oh, ever. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it, I, what did it do? 80 million? You know, something like that. 80 million but, yeah, is very healthy a, in 1987. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It is. It is. But it's not like, um, you know, it's doing like five million a week or whatever, something like that, you know, for, for quite a while. It's still winning. But anyway, so that might be why they were hoping for September. Maybe. It feels mm-hmm. like it would make more sense than to put it bumping up against summer movies that are still hanging around. And then, yeah. And then a week where you've got, I don't know, four other releases. I mean, five. You're right. Five if you're counting getting in the Cruisers 2. Which- yeah, you know it's, it's in big trouble. Right. Plus, you've got some monsters just hanging. But the real thing that we need to discuss is that... The only way she can lose is if she gets struck by lightning in the starting gate. That is what we hear. Right. That is what Trotter hears. And that's what he's that's the only thing he wants to to talk about. This is the point where he hears it and he freaks out. Right, absolutely. Uh, anybody in his position is going to feel the same way if you are in it to win. And 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 that's him. He's in it to win, you think? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Again, he references in that first scene, this is what I was thinking about, he references when, you know, they're playing with the the fortune cookies and whatnot. He says, if I could just have one day. Right. And then it says you could be walking around lucky. And not know it. And Right. And he says, not this horse. Right. Right. Yeah. So he laments the fact that he hasn't had that big day, that he hasn't had that big win because that's what he's in it for. And and I was thinking about the difference between him and, and Looney, and, and they are very different types of gambling addicts. But Because Trotter's always chasing the high. Right. And so he's never getting that. 
And so here's an opportunity immediately when it comes to him. He's got a chance at that that ultimate high, which is, I mean, she's on top of just picking the right one. Can you imagine a short, you know, getting this inside information right. on, a, on a short thing? These guys seem so, they couldn't be more authentic, these two guys. So what you know, the guys in the car, right, that he records. Oh, okay, yeah. Those guys, yes, yeah, they definitely sound legit. They're talking. Who else is having a conversation about a horse and that you've been holding him back for the last few races? And exactly. Bet the horse heavy, you'll laugh all the way to the bank. Like like that. What? Where does that happen? Those guys have to what be legit. Other, there's no other reason to have that conversation in the back of the cab. What? Not, not that they'd even consider messing with Looney, right? This is, it makes no sense. The whole story does make sense. You know, it's not just, hey, I got a tip on a sure thing. It's like you said, there's some background to that. Right, yes. There's a little bit of uh, it, added information to make it sound more authentic. Right. And and between the two of them, one of them's a little more skeptical even. Wait, are you sure the track officials yeah. aren't going to be involved in this? You know, bet the horse heavy. Yeah. You'll laugh all the way to the bank. Yeah, when you <laughs> So if you're Trotter, I mean, this is this this is manna from heaven, you know. This this was for a guy like him, and so I'm convinced that yeah, he's absolutely in it to win it. He's not the kind of gambler that is doing it to like punish himself. So mm-hmm. he's absolutely going to go bananas for this, and and he does um, characteristically. Okay, now that's true. He absolutely freaks out. Yeah, Looney, as you said. You're telling me he's a different kind of an addict, of a gambling addict. His reaction is completely different. And for a guy who goes to the track seemingly every day, like Looney does, he goes often enough that when he goes to the bar that's across the street from the track, everybody knows him. He knows Looney! So clearly this is a man who is going to the track all the time. How he would hear this conversation and interpret it as though he says, who would believe bullshit like that? And also, I like the fact that this is two guys rehearsing for a play. One of the all-time <laughs> lamer things that you could say, like if, uh, if you're in a sitcom, you would come up with a line like this. But nonetheless, this is his ad. Like, it's, it's too good to be true, so therefore it is not. Right, right. Okay. So there's a point where... He expl- like he crystallizes this issue that he has when he is speaking to Trotter about like how he's betrayed him. Oh yeah, you know, and and so what he says is that I'm the kind of guy who knows not to bet on a sure thing. Yes, he explains that like like as if this is some you know like, like this is a cardinal rule, a quality a cardinal a, a quality trait. You know like. At least I know not to bet on a sure thing. Like, this is his morality. Right. Okay. And so he's convinced himself of that, right? Like, that, and and I think the reason that he convinces himself of that is because he is a gambler who wants to lose. And, you know, this is too, like, this is too deeply psychological for for me to, I just know it exists, right? Like, I can't. I know this is a thing. I, we've seen this in a couple other movies. What's the one with Warren Beatty? Do you know this one with Elizabeth Taylor and Warren Beatty? Oh, it's- and, and he's a classic example of that kind of gambler because you know he has a run in the film. He's a loser, and then he has this great run where he can't be beat. You know, and he keeps on 
pushing it all in. And I think it's uh, he's playing craps. And he even goes and calls her up to tell her, you know, I'm up 700,000, whatever it is, something insane. And as, as the viewer, you're like on a high with him. You know, a scene, obviously, it's like sometime later. And he's sitting out by a fountain and he's got like his last dollar. And he's lost everything. He's, he's lost all of it. And you're saying, why the fuck did you not get out? How do you not get out? You know, at what, when is it going to be enough? And obviously, that's a psychological thing that, you know, that it's never enough. So mm-hmm. ultimately, you're going to lose. You know, who, what's his name? In, um, it's the only game Heat. in town, by the way. That's it. Yeah. Yes. So what about Burt Reynolds in Heat? Oh, okay. Right? Yes. It's the same thing. He keeps doubling it. He keeps doubling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one's so heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. So so anyway, so, so I've seen this happen, right? You've seen this depicted. And I think Looney's the same type of guy. You don't see him win, right? Oh, no, but not at all. He nev- but he never stops. And um, then he even mentions about betting on the Packers and maybe they won't lose by too much. Right, yes, that's right, yes. Right. Which is just, so it's just dumb, yeah. Yeah, but it's another example. Like, it's almost, you can, it's, it's starting to come out of him. He's manifesting it out loud, right? Yeah, he, yes, exactly. He is somebody who seems like he has a compulsion to lose, even though yeah. he's not calling it that. I don't think if you asked him, he would tell you that's right. what he wants. But, yeah, right. that's something that's just within him. But, yeah, maybe I'll right. bet on the Packers. Maybe they won't lose so bad. Yeah. So, okay, then there's the ultimate one, one of our favorite lines of the movie. We say it all, geez, we say this so often. This might be the one we say more than anything. Oh, really? Which is, yeah, when um, when he, <laughs> on the last bet, Trotter comes in. He says to the crowd, uh, I bet $2 on the favorite. <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And then he, he, lean, he leans in uh, to, to Looney and he says, I put every last nickel on hot to trot on her, on her pretty little nose or something like that. Right, right? yes, yes. And then Looney says what? He pissed it all away. Right. Yeah, and the he crowd like announces crazy. it to the crowd. Yeah. He's pissed yes. and everyone cheers for this insanity. Right. Yes. And he's happy, right? He doesn't say it like he's angry. He pissed it all away. He says he pissed it all away. Yes. You know, like, yay. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, yes. That's the perfect example of that. That's the perfect characterization of it's like he's cheering for the idea that he would have lost it all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, so this is impending now. Now it's impending. Yes. He is going to lose. He's going to be exactly yeah. where he belongs, which is right. as a as a bust out loser, just like me. Just like me. Oh. Right. Thanks for being down here, dwelling down here with the losers. Because <laughs> for a minute, and, and when you think about the betrayal, that's like starting to make sense to me. Like why that would happen. Look at you, you're winning, and you keep winning. What are you doing? This isn't what we do. We come here to lose. Yeah, that's right. And we bond over the losing. Yes, that's right. We right? bond. Well, I, I like that. I like that, that we yeah. bond over the losing. It's the losing yeah. that, that binds us together. That's where our friendship yeah. is. Our friendship is yes. in the misery. I mean, right. let's not be so basic as to say misery loves company, but misery loves company. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And when he goes and starts to go the other way... Mm-hmm. It's like Looney can't hang with that. It does feel you like know, a betrayal. It, okay. 
Yes. I like where right? you're going like here. That's, I like this. That's starting to make a lot of sense. So in the beginning, you right, if you're really paying it, like, who is, though? He's just hilarious when he's doing it. But, you know, when he's rehearsing for a play and all that nonsense, it's just funny. Yes. But it makes sense that he's like, no, we're not. We're not doing that. What are you talking? No, let's not bet. I listen to this juicy smut instead over here. And then you see, right, you see the right away the difference between the two characters because Jay's like, "Are you out of? What are you talking about? You what? are a jackass." <laughs> Which I this is I think is this maybe the first super intense Dreyfus delivery that we get in the movie because yeah, yes, like, that's like the first the movie one. Is Full of all of his Dreyfus isms, whatever it is that he does, the movie is overloaded with them. No movie right. he's been in has more of of what whatever it is that he has. Right, this one no, is the one that right. has the most. And this is oh, I mean, they let, turn him loose. Yeah, and yeah. and this is I think the first time that that comes is the, is the, what you <laughs> so funny. Like you that? are a jackass. You're right. It's definitely the first one because I remember. Being surprised by the tone uh, immediately. Like, whoa, where are we going? You know, these guys are, you know, just two pals. But he goes and just calls him out. Like, obviously, this is some, um, you know, a- other level of, of friendship. Like, I don't have too many friends that I could have reacted that way to, you know, and, and call them out in such a way. It's like, uh, it's not realistic. Well, you know? well, yeah, yeah. You know, though, I think for Trotter, he wants this to be real so much that the idea that it's too good to be true is just insulting, and he's going to immediately call it out because of that. You are a jackass. You're so dumb. Yeah. And that's that's a perfect way to, to make the argument. And if you're anybody but a moron, you would agree. Oh, I guess you're, yeah, I guess I don't like lightning. Again, taking everything at face value. Okay, let's assume let, that's what he's doing. He's saying, "Look, if everything we just heard is legitimate, excluding your your notion that they're rehearsing for a play, which the odds of that are a thousand to one, so let's let's exclude that." Now, again, they're talking realistically. What could be wrong with this premise? Right. The lightning. That's that's what he because he did say that. So, if you like lightning, okay, anybody normal would go. You're right. You're right. I'm being an idiot. Not him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even want to bet on that horse. He doesn't want to... Like, something's telling him, right? Something's compelling him yes. to not bet on that horse. He'd rather bet on his one named after his cat. <laughs> Junebug. Okay. Junebug. So, there is the other thing that happens in this scene in which Looney quickly reminds Trotter, you've forgotten something, though. You quit gambling. <laughs> you've forgotten. Hey. You forgot. Hey, try to remember something. Yeah, that's right. You, you, <laughs> you quit gambling. You quit gambling. Yeah. Remember something. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever, nobody's ever said it that way yeah. that I've ever heard, other than Looney. <laughs> yes. And, Can you please remember something? And so now here is where Trotter is going to completely rationalize the insane. Like it, really, it is a fairly big risk that he's taking. He's going to go back on his word that he would give up gambling, that he would move back in with his wife first thing in the morning after his shift of driving a cab. And yeah. like these were the promises that he made. We heard him make these promises in the previous scene. And he's already like, eh. he's already all, he's yeah. already out. 
I agree. And you could easily criticize him for that. But man, again, being realistic about the moment. Yeah. This is, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to be just like Trotter. And and I'm going to be more than that because I'm going to be selling my VCR. You know, I'm not just coming with the 50 bucks that, you know, yeah. is in my little stash. Right. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming heavy on this deal. <laughs> whatever it is, the rent money is, you know, in the whatever's in the cookie jar, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever comic book I can, you know, offload. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would be turning this down. So he's going to be in hot water with the misses mm-hmm. but you know if he wins and i we don't know this but it to me it, it makes it seem like he must lose a, just a lot a ton like, of course he does he loses a ton yeah he loses all the time yeah and it's it, it almost is incongruous with the fact that he's pretty savvy as a horse player you know like it, it's hard to get to the point with him because look I got a guy, and you know this guy, um, from our our past, Fast Eddie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yes, but just bringing a name like that into a podcast is... Dude. It sounds like you're just making shit up. Yeah, you know, I got a guy, Fast Eddie. Yep, he's a real guy. Is this a character from the movie we're discussing? No, he's a real person, yes. And when I first met him, I had a hard time believing that they called him Fast Eddie. Yeah, because he didn't move very fast. He, he, oh, he didn't move fast. Yeah, there was nothing no. fast about him. No, he he looked like he definitely belonged in the bar at the. Oh uh, my God! Yes. So the thing about Fast Eddie is that even though everything about him screamed loser, that guy had stories for me mm-hmm. about big wins at the track. Right. So, in the overall, in the aggregate, he's a loser. He's sitting here with nothing. Yes. Right. He's always scraping nickels. Yes. But. At some point, you know, that's his problem is that he can't hold on to it. But he had stories, and I think you know, you know, not to get too deep, even though we can do a whole podcast about this guy, but this guy, he really is the guy that introduces me to almost any of the gambling. Really? It, that's Yeah, he's, he's how it starts. Oh, I don't think I knew yeah. that. Okay. And, and the way it's, you know, it starts from really from quite a distance because he's talking... Yeah, all right. He's a delivery driver at the restaurant that I'm an assistant manager of, and it's it, the restaurant's is, is run as loose as could be. Right. This guy is able to, uh, it's a really nice setup in there, and he's got no business being behind the line or in the kitchen at all. But he's a guy that will walk throughout and talk to everybody and bring his dirty windbreaker near the food and get the hell out of here. Yeah. He is constantly talking about his horse racing tips and you know time he spends there when he's gonna go right and i know i know nothing about this at all when he starts he's got a couple of guys that he talks to that work in the kitchen he collaborates with okay okay yeah give you know let's do you know let's go together on a trifecta let's do 50 bucks here etc stuff like that is happening all the time and so just because it looks like fun and i'm curious i'm like what's going on here you know, uh-huh. and he immediately t- and he's like, well, you know, look, I got a horse here. I really like I heard this from one of the uh, guys in the in the stables. You know, he he was a guy that guys, lived at the track. I'm sorry. I heard this from the guys in the stables. Yep. Oh, my yep. God. Yep. OK, he's a guy. He's, he's always connected. getting Jesus. Oh, yeah. He's all in and out. You know, he's just like a, he's part of the landscape, this guy. Okay. And so 
he would come in and he'd say, I heard this, I heard that. And at the time I had nothing but disposable income. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, what do you, you know, how do you do it? What do you do? How do you turn it into money? And he's like, well, you give me an X and I'll bet it for you. (laughs) You give me X. Yeah, yeah, and then we go. Do you want to be in? And then he's showing me like the results. He's like, look, I picked this horse right here. You see this? And he showed me the newspaper. I picked this. Look, this is what we got. You know, I paid 1280, okay? And I'm like, okay, I have no idea Uh, at all. Did you make money dealing with this guy? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, and look, this is the... This is the blessing and the curse, right? Yeah. Okay, so it works out like immediately it's dividends. So I'm giving him whatever I give him, 20 bucks, right. something like that at first. Okay, here. And he just, and so I don't even see the horse. I see nothing, right? I just don't know until the next day I come in. Oh my God. Would you do this today? In- Would you give some sketchy guy some cash and he say, oh, I'm going to go better for you? And then. Yeah, absolutely not. Right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely not. No, this is me at like 18, 19. Yeah, okay. And, and of course, keep in mind, the environment is this guy is part of the restaurant family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this guy has has a level of trust with the owner. Oh, okay. And, and so I don't have any reason to really doubt him. Um, and the 20 bucks isn't that big of a deal. So, you know, I'm in there at like 8, 9 o'clock. And he doesn't come in until 11, so it's not only till the next day. It's the next day and then throughout the day oh when God. he comes in. Who knows what he, he comes did? With, who knows what we bet on right. and where he went? Exactly. If he just drank so he co- it, who knows? Jesus. Right? So he tells me about this horse over here, and I give him a, a nice, you know, I, I'm just kind of letting it ride. Eventually, I give him who knows what, maybe 100 bucks or something like that okay. for some race. And that horse wins because i know now to start checking right i figure out ways to do that okay and so he comes in the next day and the first thing he says is that the horse lost he's been so he lies he's been prepping you this whole time right. sucker yeah well you know if, if what he could be doing right he could be manipulating when he bets and when he doesn't bet and mm-hmm. using it for other things right i mean there isn't that big you know it's not that big of a haul to get 100 bucks out of me for that to be the scam i think that he just figures right this one paid really well i want to keep it yeah right yeah. cuz the 100 bucks is now like 300 bucks something like that okay it's a big score right all right so that's when he wants to tell me that it didn't make it but I already know. Like, I'm waiting for him. And I guess he figures he hasn't been checking, etc. So then I call him out on that. And then he tells me, well, you know what happened? I didn't want to tell you, but I didn't make it. You know, I, I didn't get there. So I know I owe you 100 bucks, right? And I'm like, what? Oh. No. How does this work, right? So I end up eventually like, you know, like the argument gets so out of control that the owner comes around and he's like, what's the deal? And I tell him, look, here's what happened. And he's like, you piece of shit. He's like, you owe this kid his fucking money. You're going to pay him his fucking money. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. And it was like, yes, that's right. All right. So after that, oh. Fast Eddie and I, not so great. Not such great pals okay. anymore. Okay. Not such great pals. But the point is that that guy had stories of like big scores and he was legitimately savvy, even though he may not be as good as managing his money. Yeah. So somebody like Trotter is similar in that way. But it seems like, man, does that guy ever win with all his knowledge? Mm -hmm. You'd think he would win sometimes, Mm. but he never expresses that. Right. 
Not this horse. No, no, we don't get the impression that Trotter is ever any kind of a winner. We think he's probably somewhere along the lines of Looney, right? I mean, and, yeah. and I, I hate to continue to go back to that deleted scene, but you really get the impression that he's rock, rock bottom at the beginning yeah. of this film, if you want to include that in there. And in fact, it's in there that he yeah. says how he can't get a job anymore, and so his friend, he has a good friend of his who... I want to say he, he mentions whatever his education level is, loonies. Like, <laughs> you know, he didn't even graduate fifth grade, but he has a job driving a cab, and he allows me to drive his cab at night for him, which is, right. which is what's happening in this scene. This scene, which it's never explained, right? So after this, after this exchange where Trotter rationalizes why he's going to risk everything— when Looney reminds him that he gave up gambling. We see Trotter at the end of the scene. He's driving now in the cab, and he's listening to the tape over and over again, just rewinding and, and, and listening to the two guys conspiring and just mouthing the words along. He's in ecstasy, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's pure joy. And so what I've now come to realize is that Trotter just did not... Uh, I always thought Trotter just took the headphones. And yeah, absolutely too. But yes, now which I realize makes no sense. Now I realize he's no, he's driving Looney's cab. Looney meets him at night at the Mirtha cafeteria, wherever that is, and they, you know, have a Cuban sandwich and they pass the keys and here you go, drive my cab for the rest of the night. Yeah, it seems like a routine when you yeah. when you put in all that background. Yes, that that would that's exactly how it happens. And so this time it just happens that he wants to listen to that smut on the recorder. Usually he's probably not getting anywhere near that thing <laughs> because it's you know he's recording a bunch of garbage. But tonight, right? Yeah, I, I wonder. Oh, he's in his glory. I wonder how long that this cab thing has been going on. Maybe it's a, maybe it's not that long that. You know, you'd think by now Looney would realize that Trotter does not want to hear the, the kinky business that's going on right. in the back of his cab. You got to hear this kinky business. <laughs> so great. This guy puts a pillowcase over this girl's head. <laughs> yeah. And you're right because we know that at this moment when he meets with Terry Gar to, you know, whatever their arrangement's going to be, it doesn't seem like it's been going on for too long. And so maybe what's the catalyst for him moving out? Yeah. Because he's he's moved out at this point. And he's going to move back in. That's what we know. He's going to move back in. Yeah. So maybe it is that he lost his job. He's lost his 16th job in a row. She can't take it. It's you and you're gambling. You know, mm -hmm. that's what got it going. And so what choice does he have? He can't get a gig. All he could, because you have to imagine she can't, what kind of happy marriage is it going to be if, if he's doing this driving overnight cab nonsense while they're together, yeah. they're going to have no time together. So I have to think this is probably more towards, like you said, it's probably kind of recent. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's only been a few weeks, however long he's living on his own. Yeah. So, and now they, they think about a reconcile. So maybe this is only the third or fourth time that Looney's trying to get him to listen to the kinky business on the tape. He hasn't had anything as good as the guy who puts the pillowcase over this broad's head. You know, maybe he yeah, hasn't had yeah. anything that good until tonight, right? Yeah, I got you. Right, he's still uh, he's hoping to bring him into that world. Yes. Jay's resisting. Yes, yes. And so tonight I got something. This this might do it for you. You become a poivite like me. Thank you for visiting the Jockey Club. A look at the movie. Let it ride. One scene at a time. 
This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by me, Dan Delgado. And my guest was Eric Delgado. Music in this episode is from Epidemic Sound, and our podcast cover art is by Sean Labrie. If you enjoyed this episode, and I certainly hope that you did, then you can feel free to leave us a nice five-star review wherever you can. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or some other app that has the review thing, well, you know, five stars is a nice thing to do. Or better yet, just tell another Let It Ride fan about it. If you want, you can contact me through email. It's dan at moviemaker.com, on Twitter at underscore Dan underscore Delgado, or even better yet, find me on the Repod app, which is a great way to not only check out podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts just like me. Find it in your app store and come by and say hello. And if you really enjoyed the show, then you can do the buy me a coffee thing. There'll be a link to that in the show notes, but it certainly is not required. We'll be back again next week, breaking down the third scene of Let It Ride. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you could be walking around lucky and not know it.